Yeah, you can sit down. Some of you are feeling like that's enough, that's enough shouting for the preacher. You can take a seat. Good morning. Great to be here in Port Lincoln. Right, you put the weather on last night, didn't you? Just blew us off the face of the earth. The, where I was staying, I think it's moved a metre up the hill. So happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Any of you have a good mother? Yeah. Anyone have an average one? <laughs> Not that you're prepared to. Anyone, any one of you ever, ever get falsely accused of doing something by your mum? None of you. Man, I, I think I got a bad deal. If something went wrong, uh, the thought was, what, what's Warren been up to this time? Like there were seven of us, but somehow or other the, it'd be Warren. Anyway, I met a uh, great mother when I uh, walked into here this morning. I come across Anne. Anne down the fr- I think I think I got the name right, Anne. Yeah. I'm talking about you. Can you wake up and just focus just, just for a few seconds? <laughs> and then I'll let you go back to sleep. <laughs> so, so the thing that I liked about Anne is that when I started to talk to her, she immediately started talking to me about her pastor. And uh, she just bragged on about him for quite some time, said that he was a, a very, very good man. She said that he was the best pastor that she'd ever had, even though she was married to one. <laughs> and she said one thing that she liked about him is that he always kept his word. So there's a, there's a good statement. And uh, I have enjoyed uh, the week with Rob and Pauline, and uh, I've, um, I got to know Rob at his father's 80th birthday. I'd just taken over YPC and uh, the Santos Stefano clan had gathered for old Sam's uh, 80th birthday. And um, uh, I ran into Rob, and uh, a man after my own heart, a fellow pastor, and, and the more we talked, the more I liked him. He talked about guns and hunting and things like that, so um, I'd found a, a kindred spirit. So. I said I'd come and preach for him on the basis that we go shooting. So uh, I've come and preached twice, but he hasn't really lived up to his bar- end of the bargain in regard to shooting much yet. So yeah. you can like him all you like. I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but she, but, but Anne, Anne also told me about some tragedy in the family. And, uh, but I'd just love to meet someone in their senior years who's still got a good heart for God, Still loves the house of God. I have come across some folks who, as the years go by, all I want to talk about is the, um, uh, are the things that they see wrong. And they look at this generation and think like, oh, they just, just don't do it how it should be done and, and sing the hymns and, and put drums in church. And, and you have got a very good drummer. I enjoyed enjoyed, I enjoyed... I enjoyed your drummer, yeah, and so um, yeah, all that I would do is just turn it up a bit. That's all I'd do. I'm I'm from Planet Shakers, and um, 
and I just love the way they turn it up. And, and I took over an old Pentecostal church that had been going for about 45 years and got themselves into... And I'll preach in a minute. I, 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 but, but I'd got itself into a little trouble and they, they thought that Pastor Warren, who had just retired, would be able to help them. And so um, they, they dragged in the old fellow and, 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 the, ch- and the church had got a sizable group of seniors in the church, maybe about 30 or 40 seniors and um, which is wonderful just to see them there and they'd been there f- since the um, since the start of the church there'd been a move of God and so many people of them got saved and filled with the spirit and just fell in love with God and they'd raised their families in the church and whatever else and these folks are still there and so we decided that our only way out of the difficulties really was to uh, for a church like Planet Shakers who had some size and able to pay a few bills that they couldn't pay to come in and take them over. And so that's what's happened. And I did think that maybe the seniors would struggle with the Planet Shakers music because it is a bit loud. And um, uh, I thought, how will these guys step across? Uh, But the thing that has amazed me is that every one of them have stayed in the house. And they have so enjoyed several things. They've enjoyed seeing all the new folks come into church and some, some old folks don't like that because someone's sitting in their seat and, and uh, the place got so crammed we had to go to two seats and where they used to sit was taken up by this person or prams or whatever else but they just hung in there and the thing that just so blessed them is that every week they'd see people giving their life to Christ and, and what they had always dreamed of in their church they now saw coming to pass in their church. And so, um, so God bless you, Anne. Wonderful lady. Praise God. I just like to uh, brag on one of the mums. And so I ran into Anne, and so I'm just going to brag on her. If I had a bunch of flowers I'd given to you, and you would be the mother of the year in One Heart Church. Yeah, we'd probably... We'd, We'd probably give you a plug. Now, don't carry on. I've, 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 yeah, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, there's a... There's a um, I just loved your worship, and I just love people who love the presence of God. And there's a, there's a great psalm, Psalm 1611, where like David is, is declaring in Psalm 16, verse 11, that, that God has shown him the pathway of life. And uh, what a great thing to find in life that God has shown you the pathway of life and made it so clear how we are to live and how we're to process our life. And so God does that in us and he, he, he enables us to rise up in, our, in the, um, the power of the Spirit and live such awesome lives. So it puts a spirit of courage and strength within us so that we're, we're able to do the things that God has destined over life. So he shown us the pathway, excuse me, pathway of life. You fill me with, and so there's, in your presence, there's fullness of joy, and at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And, and so just that wonderful statement has so arrested me this week, that in your presence, there's fullness of joy, and at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And so the question I had, I really believe that... Um, God put in my heart for this week is that if in his presence there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore, 
how we ought to hunger after his presence some more, how we ought to position ourselves to be in his presence as much as possible. And so it's good to see you folks here today. And this ought to be the, the priority of our week because this is Sunday morning. This is the first day of the week. And we've started our week in the presence of the Lord with God's people. We've made a priority. We've set aside some time that could have been spent some other time because there are some other place because there are just so many distractions in life, you know, so many things that call for our attention. But you guys here today have made a decision. I will be in the presence of God with my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. This is my place. This is where I will dwell and reside on Sunday morning. I will hang out with the people of God with a focus on the presence of the Lord. What a way to set up your week so that regardless of what happened, there comes a, happens this week, there's a confidence in you that God's going to go before you, that God's going to look after you, that God will provide for you. And more than anything else, we've started our week in the presence of the Lord and he says, or David says, that in his presence there's fullness of joy. So at the start of the week, we get joy. Why don't you nudge the person beside you and say, you need more of that? <clears throat> like there are some Christians, none of them here today, they're, they're the ones that slept in. There are some Christians that do look like they've been baptised in lemon juice. They, they look like that misery that they have met misery. Rather than, than meeting Jesus, they've met misery. And when you talk to them, all they want to talk about is woe. And, oh, Lord, Jesus, save me from this sad sack. <laughs> and so, folks, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And I want to tell you, if you get some joy in your heart, it's contagious. Wherever you go, there, there's just a sharing of the, of the grace of his joy that is in your life. So in his presence, there's fullness of joy, Pleasures forevermore. So where you go this week, you're carrying that sense of grace upon your life. And I pray that your week will be blessed. Pray that grace will be upon you. Pray that in your work and in your industry and in your enterprise and everything that you put your hand to do this week, that there will be grace and favour upon you because you've honoured him. You've sought after him. And heaven has come down and touched your heart. And there's a sense of grace upon your life. Pray that you'd get a... A promotion. Pray that you'd get a job increase, a, a salary increase. Yes? Hands up if you need work. Well, I pray that there would be an unleashing of opportunity for you in regard to work, that the, the thing that you most desire would come in upon you so that you would work for the glory of God. Hallelujah. And you know the way into his presence is through Jesus. Now, he has made the way possible for you to come into the presence of God. And, and through Jesus, there's no anger in the presence of God. There's no rage. There's no feeling of disappointment in regard to you. There's just grace upon grace. And it's like he just waits for us to come into his presence. I don't know. Uh, has anyone here got grandkids? A couple of you. Uh, grandkids are amazing, aren't they? I've got some grandkids and I had two kids. But, but the, the grandkids leave them for dead. <laughs> wonderful kids, wonderful kids, nothing wrong with them at all, but, 
But there's something about grandkids. They just get into your heart and they're wonderful. Hands up if you want grandkids. So, so, so you, line, you line up your kids after and we'll either believe for partners for them or if they're married, we'll pray that they will... Yeah, well, you know, be fruitful and multiply and increase and enlarge, yeah, because Nan and Pop want some grandkids. And when the grandkids come to visit me, oh, it's just so wonderful. I would do anything for the grandkids. It's just, they just get to you. And so, yeah, and so they haven't got too old yet where they know the value of money, but it's coming. But it's just wonderful. And, and so no matter what the grandkids do, I could oversee all of it. No matter, I could overlook all of it. But, uh, and it's just like that with God, that uh, he just loves us and will never change his mind about you. No matter how far we go into your life, no matter all the stuff and the disappointments and maybe that you've had you know, some things you've done and whatever, God doesn't think about those things in any way shape or form. He just thinks you're awesome. And as you come to God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, there's grace, there's forgiveness. And I just wanted to pray this morning for some folks maybe that just need to come home to Jesus. And like Jesus is the way of salvation. There is just no other way but Jesus. And and I know church can come up with a whole lot of stuff, but really when it's all when, when, when we've simplified the whole message, it is that we come to God through Jesus Christ and we are saved and rescued and restored and blessed. And so I wonder if, if church, if you'd just allow me just to, uh, just to pray over some people's lives who feel today that you would love to come into his presence where there's fullness of joy, his right hand pleasures forevermore, and the way to get in is through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who loves us so fully and completely. So I just wondered if you would just bow your heads in prayer. And I am going to preach in a minute. It's just like a preamble. But it's a very, and I know that I just really needed to do this right up front uh, this morning. And so if you're here today and you just want to have a relationship with God, just want to get rid of condemnation and feeling of just being somehow just a, a little distant from God, just a bit removed for him. Well, he wants you to come today and come into his presence through Jesus Christ and he'll receive you, bless you and save you. So wherever you are in this room, I just want to know who I'm praying for and all I want you to simply do is just raise your hand and I'll know who I'm praying for and I'm going to pray for you. So if you just quickly, quickly, yeah, bless you, brother. Hey, bless you, brother. Bless you, brother. It's good when men do this. Are there others? You just don't let me miss anyone. Don't let me, yeah, God bless you over here. God bless you over here. That's good. That's four. That's four. Is there someone else? You just want, hey, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I'll pray for you and believe that today, believe that today God will do something good. Don't let me miss anyone. Because you are so important and uh, you are just so imp the most important person in this part of the service and I just want to pray that 
there would be an overwhelming revelation of Jesus in your heart today. So that's good. So all I'm going to do is simply pray, and then every one of those guys that raise your hand, I want to talk to you after church. Is that a deal? I'll pray for you on the condition you come and see me after church. And I'll get you a coffee, and we'll have a chat. So come on, let's pray this prayer together. I want these four people that raised their hand to pray the prayer, but I want the whole church to join in enthusiastic prayer of inviting Jesus into our world to be our Saviour and Lord. Are you ready to pray, church? Come on, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me so completely. And today I open my heart to you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin, of thinking that I could live without you. And today I I invite you into my heart. Be my Saviour and Lord. Fill me with joy and give me life evermore as I receive you into my heart today. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for each of these people that have publicly responded to you this morning. Lord, I pray that this would be a marked moment in their life where they have responded to you and received you into their lives. Bless them with great confidence concerning their standing with you, I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, I I was in the Psalms and so I'm going to stay in the Psalms. And if you've got a Bible, would you go to... Uh, yeah, Psalm 8. And uh, Psalm 8 and 9 are, are interesting psalms in that they are almost written at the same time in David's life. David has had an amazing life. There's been a few little failures here and there, but overall there has been this life lived for the glory of God and uh, some wonderful things have happened in the nation of Israel under his kinship. And uh, so we come to Psalm 8 and 9, and it's interesting to hear how a man talks at the end of his life, uh, how he reflects on his life. And, and Psalm 8 and 9 are just so amazing, and I, I just wanted to focus on a couple of things in this psalm, and maybe a little bit of the next, if I, if I could. Would that be okay, Rob? How are we doing? Good. Yeah. Praise God. Let's go. And so the first thing David talks about at the end of his life is he talks about the awesome greatness of God. Let me read to you these verses in Psalm 8, verses 1 to 3. You will know these verses so well. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. And then he says, from the lips of children and infants... You have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. And so he he declares the greatness and the awesome wonder of God. There is no one greater in David's life than God. Everything sets about in his, in his relationship with God. And I love uh, catching up with people and all they want to do is talk about is God. 
Do you notice new Christians can be a bit like that? All they want to do is talk about God. And, 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 and we just need, as Christians, to keep being renewed in our love and devotion to the one who saved us, the one who gave us a future and a hope and a destiny. And, we, and if you spend time in his presence, you'll get a conversation happening around your world that is about God, I'm talking about the wonder of God in your world. Yeah? I'd love to talk to you about your fishing trip and about your hunting and whatever else, but sometime or other it would be really, really good if we had a confession about how good God is in the midst of our lives. Yes? Wonderful to hear about how God's blessed you and increased you and you've got this and you've got that and whatever else. But sometime or other, it would be good to hear about how God has so turned your life around and so raised you up and done something wonderful in your life. How? So David's doing that. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. And for, God, and for David, God is not someone to be feared or to be suspicious of, or to draw back from, is the one to be trusted, loved, and worshipped, which is consistent with every other writer in the Scripture. There is no revelation in Scripture about how God's angry with us. God is no longer angry with us. Yes? When Jesus died upon the cross, he took upon himself our sin and he died in our place. And so there is absolutely no more reason for God to be angry with anyone in the earth because of Jesus. And we need to get the fear out of our lives in, in relation to God. When Jesus came, do you know what he revealed God uh, to us as? Our loving heavenly Father, now you might have had an earthly father was, who got a bit angry and ticked off regularly, but God our heavenly father is so good and so kind and so loving. And that's what David is talking about. How majestic is your name in all the earth? And I think it's time, church, that we expose God for who he really is. We need to let the misrepresentation stop at every opportunity. We need to be bragging on our God. Here David's written this song and says, How majestic is our God in all the earth. No one like our God. And we need to boast on our God and talk about how great he is. Let the truth be exposed. No more lies. Our God is a good God. God is good, loving, merciful, faithful, kind, and patient. He heals, he sets free, saves, and delivers, and all who call upon him are saved. Woo! How good's that? I, uh, a few years ago, I was in church in northeast Victoria. Spent 31 years there, and so you see a few people get saved over that time. A few, a few thousand. And um, there was a, uh, a guy who was drinking himself to, to death in a caravan. Didn't want to live anymore. He had been the uh, state manager for one of the um, building companies, but he just had um, experienced some incredible stress, and there's a in that job and started drinking and it got out of control. He lost his marriage, lost his kids, lost uh, his house, lost a few other odds and ends. And so he's drinking himself, just depressed. And, and one of his mates come and dragged him out <coughs> and uh, refused to give up on him. 
and um, dragged him along to our church because they felt like that our church had <clears throat> a bit of a history of helping um, drug addicts and alcoholics. And so uh, he dragged his mate along there and they're sitting in church. His mate got saved first. But every time I talked to this other man, uh, all he wanted to do was uh, die. And he'd show me the cuts on his arm of you know, attempts that he'd made. And, but his mate wouldn't let him drink. And so he had him stay in his house and wouldn't let him drink. And so after about a month of uh, not drinking, you start to get your brain back and start to think clearly again. And, and hope started to come up within this man's life. And, um, and we used to run a uh, drug and alcohol um, rehab centre and so we plonked him in there. Probably plonked and, and alcohol probably is not the right word but <laughs> that's, where, that's, where we, that's where we placed him. <laughs> and um, after about a month or six weeks in, in our Sunday service he put up his hand. Or a seat, yeah? to get saved at the end of the church, walked down the front and uh, invited Christ into his life and took him then on a journey of uh, you know, restoration and healing in his life. And, I, and the only reason I say that is because God is just absolutely amazing. Like, what, what, uh, how God is amazing taking an interest in an old drunk, uh, drinking himself to death in an old caravan. Now, what, what, what future does a man like that have? What, what does God want to do in a man like that? Well, God is amazing. And he wants to take the broken things of this world and put them back together and, and let them shine as, as examples of his love and grace in the earth. Well, so, so he got back on his feet and he got back into work. He fell in love with one of the young ladies in church and they got married. And just last Sunday... That uh, beautiful man became the pastor of the ACC Church in Bowen in Queensland. And so that's, that's the kind of thing that God wants to do in all the earth. And so you, you might have whole lots of things around your life that just haven't quite come together. I want to tell you, if you keep saying yes to Jesus, you keep just having a heart that's open to God, God will take you on a journey that will be absolutely extraordinary. And that's what David is talking about. Oh Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Every time we get to church, folks, we've got a nice little little crew up here that lead the song and, and, and the music and all that, and it's all wonderful. But the church needs to be filled with a glorious choir of broken, lost people who've known what it is to be lost, who know what it is to be down, who know what it is to have just all hell barking at you, but you know what it is to be saved and redeemed and I don't care how long it was it just needs to be so fresh in our heart that God has saved us and redeemed us and taken us and made something awesome out of our lives and I refuse to be in a congregation of dead people who don't want to worship the Lord who don't want to shout the praises because of where they come from now, now, now Rob tells me that this is a very very conservative electorate 
Very, very conservative. Well, I'm here to belt conservatism out of you in respect to this one thing, that we need to be outrageous in our praise to our God. We need to be people who can proclaim the goodness of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yay! Whoa! And so I don't know. I don't know what language you would use. Like David is very Elizabethan in, in the New King James Version here and... and and it's quite poetic in what he says, Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. I don't know how you would do it, but we just need to get it out. Out of your born again spirit, out of your innermost being, there needs to come a, whoo, I just want to praise my God. Yeah. So what I think we should do, my dear conservative friends, could we stand to our feet? Could we? And, I, and if I'm bothering you right now, it is purely intentional. I'm here to annoy you. If you, if you don't want to go along with what I'm doing, then I am here to arrest you. Because you do not want to hold back what God's wanting to do. You don't want to be like the plug. You want to be just, oh God, I want to praise you. So could we do it? Could we do it? Could we just shout the praises? Annoy the neighbours? No, we wouldn't. We'd bless them. So come on, let's... Come on, however you do it. One, two, three. Yes! 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 Oh, Jesus, we bless you. Jesus, we bless you. You are so good to us. Hallelujah! Oh, Jesus! Jesus! Jesus, just tell him how much you love him. Just let it come out of your heart. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Jesus, you've been so good to us. We bless you. Oh, Lord, how, Lord, how majestic is your name in the midst of our lives. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You may be, you may be seated. Is that a good, is that, was that good, that help? So he talked about, verses 1 to 3, he talked about the, the awesome greatness of God. But you've got to hear this next bit. Don't, don't miss this. Would you just focus on this? He then talks about the greatness of God in us. It's about the greatness of God and just want to worship you. He then talks about the greatness of God. You've got to hear this. Psalm 8, verse 4 through to 9. What is man? that you are mindful of him. The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honour. And he's talking about us. Now I know that Hebrews has a messianic reference from this psalm in regard to Christ, but it's also talking about every human being on the planet that God is mindful of us and cares about us and made us a little low on the heavenly beings, crowned us with glory and honour. You made him, that's you, ruler over the work of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and all that swim uh, in the paths of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You need to know. That God in the midst of you is just so great. The greatness of God 
in the midst of us. It says there in verse 5 that you made us. You are brilliant in how God has put you together. I'd like to talk to you about the galaxy, but I haven't got time. It's, time has gotten away from me. It, but it, I want to talk about you, how incredibly complex you are. Did you know that the human brain, that's your brain, has 10 billion nerve cells interacting in coordination to allow us to do the things that we do? Like, that's better than any computer you've got. This is just absolutely amazing. Just your brain cells, your eyes, have about 100 million receptor cells in each retina, which also contains four other layers of nerve cells. The eye system makes billions of calculations every second, travelling through your optic nerve to the, to the brain, which has more than a dozen separate vision centres to process it. Now, I didn't research that. Someone else told me that, and it made it to my sermon this morning, just to let you know how complex we are. Your skin has more than two million tiny sweat glands, and mine are working overtime just at the moment. About 1,000 every centimetre or so just to regulate your body temperature. Your heart beats on average, 75 times per minute, 40 million times per year, or two and a half billion times in about 70 years. And it pumps about 3,000 gallons of blood every day. He made us. So intricate and so complex. He made us. So incredible. Your body is is supported by more than 200 finely designed bones, connected to more than 500 muscles and many tendons and... and is this boring you? No. That's all I've got. <laughs> so if you don't like this, we're in a bit of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Some muscles respond to your conscious will Whereas most of them, though, just respond and react automatically. Let's talk about your digestive system. Uh, it contains about 35 million glands that secrete juices to digest food and sustain you. And so we haven't even mentioned your lungs, and I haven't got time, or your other senses, uh, and all your glands and immune system, and much, much more than that. We are just so complex in God, how God has put us together. And what does he say? What is man that you are mindful of? He spent so much time in the design of every human being. And he just wants you to know something about the intricate nature of, of how you've all been put together so that you can appreciate how great our God is. And so for anyone to even suggest to me, like I don't know about you, I don't know where you live in your mind, how anyone could even suggest that we happen by chance. Just as beyond me. Like I see divine design all over the place. And I see it particularly in a human body. See it in a little baby. And, and for me to believe in evolution is a, is a bigger risk of faith than for me to believe in a God who stepped in and made the world 
and then planted human beings here to rule and reign in the earth. And most evolutionists who believe evolution believe evolution because they don't want to accept the reality of creator. It gives them an excuse to live a godless life. Now, I know that there are innocent atheists and uh, I will work with them all day, every day to bring them to a place of surrender uh, to God as we share the facts of God with them. But it says that he made us and he made us a little lower than God. You put us in charge of everything. Verse 6, you gave us authority over all things. So David lives with a conviction that God has put him in charge in every aspect of of life. And so folks, you just need to read Psalms like this so that you see that God has put you up, not put you down. God's put you in charge and wants you to live and rule in the midst of your life. And one of the greatest challenges in David's life, of course, was the time when he went down to take some cheeses and wine and some food down to his brothers who were fighting the Philistines. And he gets down there and he comes across Goliath. Um, one of my most favourite stories, 1 Samuel 17, I just love that. I've been brought up in, in church and just love that story. And so David gets down there and this Philistine is challenging them and, and David makes this uh, incredible statement, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Wow, what a little whippersnipper, probably about 16 or 17 years of age and, and uh, all the Israelites are cowering in fear. And uh, because Goliath had said that if uh, we beat you, or if you come out here and you beat me, then all of you have got to serve me. But if you come out here and you beat me, then us Philistines will serve you. And so there's this incredible fear and trepidation because he's such a giant. And uh, David says, let me go and fight him. I like the fellow. I like him, don't you? And he's not been arrogant. He just believes that no, God's put us in charge. That God's raised us up and he believes that this is a God-appointed moment for him. And so he wants to go out there and display the greatness of God. And so reluctantly and after much chatter and carry on, David is running out to face this giant. Picks up five stones and uh, hits this giant in the head. We all know the story, don't we? You like the story? Yeah. And you think, oh, that's just so outrageous. Well, most of the stories in the Bible are outrageous because we live in such small worlds and, and we're talking ourselves down out of victory all the time and, and God has got these incredible stories of walking on water, feeding 5,000, raising the dead just to get us thinking that God can do anything in our lives. And this, in, this incredible story makes it to the Scripture because he wants you to know that regardless of what's coming against you, God's put you in charge. You are an overcomer. You were made to beat the problems that are either within you or around you. You were made to overcome. And so David flicks a stone at the giant, hits him in the head, down he comes. Love the bit about he took out his Goliath sword, cut off his head and walks back to the uh, nation of Israel with the head, the ugly giant's head over his shoulder, dragging his sword. There's just something good about that story. And I just uh, quickly told it again this morning because God wants you to overcome. God wants you to be a winner. God wants you to beat things that are trying to pull you down and you can have stretches in your life where you just feel like that you've been harassed and, and, and set upon. And folks, there needs to be the spirit of the champion. 
that you begin to speak to in your life, that you're not a nobody, you need to start confessing the word of God and his declarations that he's made over you. And, and I, just want to, I just want to hit this this morning. That, that if some of you are just facing, facing challenges, you need to start talking to yourself about how God has made you so intricate and complex and so amazing and so victorious and you can arise and overcome in Jesus' name. That you are a winner in the name of the Lord. And it says there that he, he put um, all things under his feet. All flocks and herds and, and you can go back to Genesis chapter 1 and see and 2 and you see all of that stuff there. How God has so, so described how he has placed us in charge. Do you feel like you're in charge today? In Jesus' name, you're in charge. Now I love uh, the Apostle Paul. And, and like, uh, how much time have we got? I haven't got enough time. But... Just the incredible statements that he made. And for someone who was so arrogantly opposed to Jesus and so going out of his way to persecute, he has this encounter with Christ and his life is changed in a moment. And, he, and he's smart enough in that moment of confrontation on the Damascus Road and he's struck to the ground. He, he's immediately saying, who are you, Lord? And to his absolute amazement, the voice from heaven says, I'm Jesus. And, and he's... He surrendered. This arrogant Jew that had been so angry against Christians surrendered his life to Christ there and became an ardent follower of Christ till the day he died. And he has made such a contribution to our Christian faith. Like So much of the New Testament has been written uh, by Paul. And you need to understand that those books that he wrote were wrote, written long before Matthew, Mark or Luke. So they wrote those later on in their, in, their, um, in their Christian journey. But Paul wrote these in the early stages. Now, the first 10 years after he got saved, many of these books were written, and he made such a contribution to the church then and to the church now. And one of the great statements that he made, which has been a great help in my life, nudge the person beside you and say, this will be good, because I want you, I want you to believe this. I want you to believe it. This is what Paul said. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I know there are some people who say, well, don't get too carried away. Just, just don't get too carried away. Folks, if I listened to them, I'd still be a country boy chasing after cows. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But that's where I got saved. I was a stockman and, 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 if I, and didn't have a lot of confidence but some of these scriptures got into me, which enabled me to make a few decisions in regard to my life. And so he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I believe that in every challenge of your life, you need to have a scripture like that in your life that you will not deter from, that you will say it over and over and over again. And I don't know how many thousands upon thousands times that I've said that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. Like Pastor Russell Evans at the moment has sent me back to the old any, uh, campus that I took over that was used to be not in good shape and then became Planet Shakers and he sent me back there with the biggest challenge I've ever taken on in my life. And so what they're going to do next Sunday is plant a new campus out in the north of Melbourne in, in um, South Morang and, and 
well over half the congregation will leave NEC and go and form the basis of that new campus and I am going to be left with whatever's left and I don't even know next Sunday what I'm left with. But he has thrown this challenge at me to start that campus and then next year... 2017, he wants me to have rebuilt the North Campus and start another campus out of NEC next year in the east of Melbourne. So I'll fill it up and then he wants to take another half of them and start the east. And, and I am thinking to myself, I'm too old for this, Russell. You bet I'll do it. Because I don't want to let the old folks down. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why don't you just uh, start to say something like that over your life, over the challenges of your life, over your business, over your income, over your, over your mortgage, over everything that's a challenge in your life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can have the greatest youth group on the Air Peninsula. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can reach men for Christ. We can reach women for Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, come on, come on. Father, I just pray today that there would be a conviction in our heart that we've been born again to win, to be a glory to you in all the earth. Now, I may not have the attention of everyone here in the room today, right as I say that, but hopefully there's a young man, there's a young woman, there's an older man who will listen to what I'm saying and begin to walk it out and see God do something extraordinary. In Jesus' name. So what do you do in regard to all of that? Just about finished. Happy? Just about done. I would do what David did. You get to Psalm 9 and this is what he says. And I'm doing close here. Is that good enough? I've done my best, Rob. I've thrown everything I've had at it. And I haven't, I've felt a little bit weak today. I've just had a bit of flu. I haven't been all that well all week. Just... It's amazing that I'm standing up here. No, not really. I'll probably step off the stage and collapse in exhaustion. No, I can do all things. Yeah, yeah. Now Psalm 9 says, Psalm 9 says, this is what he says in regard to all that's happened. She obviously thinks it's time for me to stop. Yeah, She's made a move. That's it. We want to have Mother's Day and we're not going to get Mother's Day if you keep battling on it. So here we go. Psalm 9. Psalm 9. This is what he says. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. In response to his greatness, I will bless the Lord. I will. How majestic is your name. How great God is in the midst. I will, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. And, and folks, if you could just take those little words and if you could just make them a little, a little statement over your life of how you are going to live your life, that you are going to be someone that just knows how to sing the praises of God. I'll praise you with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. Make some notes of the things that God's done in your life. Remember the stories. I talked to, I looked to Sister 
Anne here this morning and she just went on and on about all the good things that have happened in her life and, and that's what I want to hear when I talk to someone. I want to hear what God has done. I will tell of all your wonders. And so let's be good at reflecting and remembering the good things that God has done for us. It says I will be, in, in the message Bible it says, I will be filled with joy because of you. And so it's making the choice. I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be so glad. I'm going to be up and at it in my life. And I just wanted to uh, speak that over church today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I love one heart. When I was last here, I couldn't remember the name of the thing. I kept, couldn't remember, but it's now, it's now entrenched. One heart. Praise God. Praise God. And so I just wanted to uh, speak that over your lives today. Speak it over the leadership of the church. Believe for God to do such great things through people who have got such a heart of confidence in their God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Why don't we stand as we bring church to a close. Hallelujah. So if you've got a heart open to God, and if you just want to receive a, a prayer over your life, a blessing, I just would love you to lift your hand and, and uh, just an, an open heart and uh, just a declaration over your life that, that there's going to be breakthroughs, that there's going to be answers, there's going to be just incredible encounters that you have with God. I'm talking over your life right now that there will be an expectation of breakthrough and increase in your world in Jesus' name. That you will sow crops and they will be just so amazing that there will just be blessing upon everything that you do because of a heart that you have to honour and glorify the Lord. So God, we, we just pray over this beautiful gathering of God's people today on the first day of the week. Lord, I pray your blessing and your favour upon them in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So good on you, Pastor Rob. Hallelujah. Did you enjoy that? I, want, I, I really think later, if you have a chance...